Hello, and welcome to In All Things, a podcast of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, a global movement of Evangelical Presbyterian churches. Thank you for joining us. I'm Rachel Joseph. Your host for In All Things is Dean Weaver, stated clerk of the EPC. Our prayer is that God uses Dean and his guests to both inform and inspire you about how God is working in and through the EPC. The motto of our family of churches is, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. Now, here's Dean. And thank you, Rachel, as always, for your introduction and getting us started on our next conversation on In All Things here with the EPC, the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. If you've never joined us before, we're glad that you are part of the conversation today. If you've been with us before, thank you for joining us again and for sharing this podcast with your friends on social and and getting the word out there. Uh, As I travel to various presbyteries around the country, I'm hearing more and more people saying, I've been listening to the podcasts and I appreciate all of the information. Uh, As we interview key EPC leaders, some in the office of the General Assembly, some EPC pastors or world outreach workers, authors, leaders, chaplains, uh, just a variety of things to help encourage and support the mission and work of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. And a number of those conversations, as we continue to develop this podcast, become a blessing to people even outside the EPC. And so we hope that as you listen to these podcasts, whether you're driving to work or whether you're on the Peloton or taking a walk around the neighborhood with your dog, that you might like us on social and share this with your friends and family and coworkers uh, so that the word gets out. God is doing Uh, some amazing things through the EPC. We want to make sure that we're faithful to him in all things. Um, Our podcast today is brought to you again, as it has been for a number of weeks, by our two great friends inside the EPC, which is World Outreach, and our Benefits Resources, Inc. BRI provides not only a full variety of healthcare needs to meet the concerns of all of our pastors and global workers and their families, but also helps us with retirement and pension programs. One healthcare thing that the BRI folks would like me to point out is the use of a video doc. Uh, You may not have known that 24-7, we have the opportunity, uh, if you're a part of the EPC benefits program, to do a video appointment with a doctor right where you are. In fact, uh, my daughter recently contracted COVID, took a home test, but we made a video doc appointment and the video doc was able to not only confirm the diagnosis, but get her some treatment uh, that was helpful to her. And she's actually doing really well and has gone back to work and is no longer contagious. But that video doc was huge because we didn't have to to go out of the house and risk uh, infecting other people. And so the use of video doc is one of the many great features available at BRI. And as it relates to our friends at World Outreach, the thing that Gabriel DeGia, our executive director, would want you to know is that coming up in July, the third week of July, our global workers from all over the world will be gathering at a site in Greece to celebrate what's called the family gathering. Uh, Once every three or four years, we gather our global workers from all over the world together for mutual encouragement, support, edification, teaching, encouragement, fun. It's a great time, but uh, we would really value your prayers as our global workers who have gone through an incredibly stressful time. Remember, the pandemic is a global 
pandemic and it has affected them too. And so coming for the family gathering this July is never going to be more important. If your congregation finds yourself with some miscellaneous mission dollars that you're looking to invest in a great kingdom cause, uh, supporting some of our global workers coming to this family gathering would be a great way to do that. And you all have to do is contact EPC World Outreach, either at epc.org or call our office, and they would be able to help you uh, with that meeting that need. Now, today is another special edition of In All Things, where we focus on our General Assembly. In fact, when this episode originally drops, it will be the Friday right before General Assembly. And so I'm very pleased today to have a dear friend and our host pastor uh, from this General Assembly from Ward EPC Church in Northville, Michigan, uh, the lead pastor of that congregation, our host, uh, Scott McKee, is with us today. Scott, welcome to In All Things. Hey, Dean, thank you. I'm, I'm one of those podcast listeners who's walking my dog while on my Peloton. Is that what <laughs> people really do when they listen to podcasts? Am I the only person who eats pancakes while listening to podcasts? You may be the only person doing pancakes that I'm aware of, but if there are people, other people doing pancakes and you want to write in, uh, we'd love to connect all the pancake people together. That would be that would be phenomenal. No, thank you, Dean. I'm a longtime listener, first time caller. <laughs> I appreciate it, Scott. Thank you so much. So I, I know your team is busy getting ready. There's a lot of preparations that go into a general assembly and hosting it that people probably don't always appreciate when they come and just enjoy uh, the hospitality of a church like Ward. But talk to us a little bit about how your team is rallying around this coming general assembly and, and what we can expect when we get to Ward uh, on the 21st. Yeah, it is a ton of work uh, to host. I'm, I'm just, just finishing a meeting now with our volunteer leaders and our staff and and it's uh, yeah, there's there's so many details that go into hosting one of these, but but I think like like most churches who have hosted general assembly or their own presbytery meetings, uh, right? The, the churches always say this this is really good for us, and uh, I, I would say that for sure. This is good for us. There's something about you know the role of hospitality, something about uh, serving that just uh, is really healthy for a congregation. You know, there's a, there's a burst of congregational pride that happens. So our, our people are excited to, to welcome commissioners from around the world. Well, we're excited about getting there and getting this going. Um, our office, uh, Scott, is doing all kind of preparatory meetings as well for getting ready. And we've really enjoyed the uh, communication back and forth between the Office of the General Assembly and your team at Ward. It's been really seamless, even though you guys are in the Detroit area and we're in the Orlando area. It really has been like we've been together in this uh, through the whole thing. So uh, when people show up then on, on Tuesday, uh, Leadership Institute is Tuesday and Wednesday, and we start Wednesday afternoon with, uh, we begin our general assembly proper with a worship service. What could we expect Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday evening, Thursday morning, Thursday evening, Friday? What could we expect by way of the worship services when we come to Ward Church? Well, when you arrive in the building, just know we've got 300 volunteers to serve you. So, uh, you know, you'll, you'll be well-directed and cared for, and uh, you asked about worship, but just know there'll be snacks and water and coffee everywhere at all times. So the hospitality is really, really important. You know, I, I constantly remind our team that the, the New Testament says as much about hospitality as it does about preaching, but the preaching, but the preaching would be great. The worship would be good. And, if, and listeners who've been to a General Assembly know there's something about 
uh, a room full of frontline workers, Christian workers, that makes the worship really special, right? People people sing with gusto and they pray, and it's it's a very special worship gathering. It'll be my privilege to preach as the host pastor on Wednesday night. I've been working on this idea of uh, the the whole theme of the assembly is you know we charge based on Acts one eight you'll receive power you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem Judea and the ends of the earth so you'll see that theme <laughs> that recharge theme and our team kind of picked that also because we're in Detroit and because electric vehicles are real hot right now. We'll even have some some uh, right off the line electric vehicles that people can see, kind of kind of show some Detroit flair, and then all the messages will kind of tie into that. We, we recognize pastors are are weary, right? We've been we've been beat up this last year in fights about masks and politics and race, and the pastors I talk to are just tired. I think our pastors can can really enjoy being in a worship service. They didn't have to plan and hear the sermons. They didn't have to to preach, to not worry about what the next thing is, to go to an event that you had no responsibility for. So I hope it'll be a um, a, a kickback, uh, relax, uh, be served. Don't worry about the program. See if if God can get you in a special way as we talk about recharging our churches, recharging our souls in what's been a, a really exhausting season. Your description of what we've all been through and the need for us to recharge couldn't be more spot on. And I think, you know, gathering together in worship like that, there's going to be lots of great teaching, lots of great equipping, lots of great fellowship, knowing you guys, lots of great food. But at the same time, that worship I mean, that is what I probably am looking forward to, Scott, more than anything else, just in terms of recharging my soul, the ability to sing really loudly uh, with my sisters and brothers in your sanctuary. And you've got Mm -hmm. another one of your staff, another uh, pastor at Ward is going to be preaching as well. Could you tell us about that? We'll be fortunate to hear on um, Thursday morning, Terrence Gray. Terrence is new to our staff, a church planter before he came to us young African-American, brilliant strategist, and uh, he's only been with us not a a full year, but I I, I know this guy has a platform much bigger than our church. I I think much bigger than our denomination. He is a rising leader, and I'm I'm so pleased that we get to sort of introduce him to most of the assembly during, during this year's GA. Well, I'm looking forward to that, too. I was privileged to be a part of uh, Terrence's uh, installation service with you guys and know of him through a number of other circles. And I think that's going to be a real treat uh, for the assembly to be introduced to him and, and hear him preach. So we're we're looking forward to that, too. Yeah, he's helped us really see uh, a lot of things from a new perspective. You know, we are in the Detroit area, but Detroit is one of the most racially segregated. I think it's the most racially segregated city in the United States in terms of how we live. So race is a big deal here. And uh, even we're located in a mostly white suburban area. Terrence is helping us in some of those cross-cultural conversations and helping us uh, see things we haven't been able to see before. Super helpful. And uh, and, and just a, a really uh, anointed preacher. Well, I have found, Scott, which I think what you're describing with, with Terrence has been true at our national office in the office of the general assembly as we sit around the table the voices of leadership at that table have gotten younger 
and more diverse. We, we have people sitting around the table from a lot of different ethnic backgrounds, uh, Latino, Asian, African-American, and the, the richness of that, that texture of the multi-ethnic kingdom in this younger generation has been a huge gift to us in terms of leadership. And I've got to think that's been a blessing to Ward Church as well. Absolutely. You know, I've, I've been a part of EPC now for, for 20 years, and this is uh, this has always been a, a growing area for us, uh, an area we've not been been great at. But I do see things not only in our presbytery but around the country that really give me hope um, for the future of EPC. Well, there's two big issues coming to the General Assembly. Actually, there's three. Uh, one is the master plan that's being put forward by World Outreach, and it really is in perfect alignment with the EPC's mission, which is that we exist to carry out the Great Commission. That's exactly what the master plan is. So I don't think there's uh, going to be any uh, vibrant discussion around that other than just excitement generated by uh, a refined sense of alignment uh, with our mission uh, in the Great Commission. But there are two other items coming, and, and you've had kind of a connection to both of them in a sense. The first is that we're going to be proposing moving from a different funding approach of the larger church from a per-member-asking approach to a percentage of income approach. And the second is asking the assembly to approve an ad interim committee appointed by our moderator to write a pastoral letter of racial lament and hope. And I wondered if you could speak to the first issue, Scott, which is the PMA to POI conversation, because you were on the committee that the General Assembly commissioned two years ago to look into this issue. Could you give us a little bit of insight to what your committee discovered and how that kind of has morphed into where we are today? I don't know if that's uh, controversial. You know, when I when I look at what other denominations are doing with at their assemblies, we are really controversy absent. And the only problem with that is, you know, controversy is great for attendance. Uh, you you want to bolster attendance, you need some controversial issues. This is going to be such a peaceful assembly. I've been trying to think of some controversy we could throw in there um, just to kind of boost the, <laughs> the, the attendance numbers. Yeah, this is we, we do enjoy such incredible peace in the EPC that these, uh, these are not controversial issues, but they are very important. And the one that the assembly, as you mentioned, will, will consider is moving from a per member asking to a percentage. This was almost an ancillary sign, uh, a finding. I was part of a, a group, uh, that was tapped to look at giving in the EPC, the giving culture of the EPC. And we looked at a lot of things to, to address culture. Um, this doesn't address culture. It was almost a, an accidental finding that, um, that has more to do with membership than it does with giving. Churches use membership very differently. Uh, some churches have a membership number many times larger than what their attendance uh, would be. And some churches, quite the opposite, uh, have a very small membership compared to their attendance. Uh, and, and every church I know is rethinking membership and how do we make membership more meaningful. And uh, some churches are wondering if they can do away with membership or reposition it somehow in a different way. And so uh, there is not a unified understanding of what membership means. So your membership number is not the best indicator of a church's strength or of a church's ability to contribute. It just seemed to the group a more equitable, clear way would be to go with a percentage of budget or a percentage of finances, percentage of income, some kind of percentage formula. 
that that would work equitably for all size congregations and equitably for those located in uh, more affluent areas and those that are maybe in under-resourced areas. So that's the that's the big um, uh, decision is to move to that. And I think that's uh, I do believe that's best for the long-term health and clarity for the EPC. Well, and a number of our presbyteries have been out ahead of us on this and have been thinking about it. A number of other denominations have already switched to a similar model for the for the reasons uh, that you've mentioned. But the one that that really gets me the most, uh, Scott, as I've been looking at this up close, is uh, you know this idea of PMA was never indexed for inflation. So we actually haven't increased yeah. our per member asking since 2006. And if you just look at $2,006 compared to $2,022, you know, if we had indexed for inflation, theoretically, we would have another $1.7 million to support the mission uh, of the church. And of course, we're not interested in building a big uh, institution or bureaucracy. We're interested in planning churches and getting out there and doing evangelism. And those resources could be used for greater kingdom purposes. I can't think of anything that hasn't gone up in price the last 16 years, let alone hasn't gone up in price in the last 16 days. Yeah, 1% one per, one never needs to be changed. It adjusts up and it adjusts down because we've also seen times of of recession where churches had a hard time making their PMA or had to lay off staff. Uh, this, this everyone shares the burden up or down on this. And right. you're right. It never needs to be reconsidered. Right. Well, any thoughts on the, on the second issue, the pastoral letter of racial lament and hope? I mean, obviously in Detroit, you guys are, are wrestling with that. You've been very engaged in the city in a lot of meaningful ways and including church planting. And what would a pastoral letter using the biblical categories of racial lament and hope, how would that help you as a, as a pastor? I've been involved in lots of those conversations here in the city of Detroit, and I'm part of several groups, cross-denomination, uh, suburban, urban, black and white. And we've tried to take a stab at some common statements around these issues. Um, I think it'd be fantastic if our denomination stepped out on that, finding uh, appropriate ways to, I mean, lament is the right theme, right? We, we've got a lot to lament. We've got a strong biblical precedent for that. Finding things that we can confess and own, I think would go a long way toward toward healing and reconciliation. Uh, you know, my, my experience here, I, I, I've been concerned these last few years uh, on this issue here in my own city. I felt like initially the church has been out front in areas of reconciliation and healing. Right, we have Jesus. We have all these. Uh, the, the church has kind of led the way in terms of diversity, but I don't, I don't know that that's true anymore. I think we we the church has been as divided by politics and race as any other um, organization, as culture. In some places, we lag behind culture, and I, I right. think we have an opportunity to get back out front and model a better way. It would be better to lead than react, right? Yeah, I think there's already a suspicion that the church lags behind. But some of these key areas that, that the church has historically been out in front of, right? You know, the New Testament, that was one of the things people paid attention to. There were Jews and Gentiles and people of different political persuasions all in the same community. I mean, that was part of their witness. They, they, they didn't see that anywhere else but in the church. 
and somehow we've lost that edge. But I, I think we can we can reclaim that. Mm, that's a great insight. And uh, your your instincts, Scott, are to anchor us back in Scripture and the scriptural witness, and that's exactly the point of the pastoral letter. So I appreciate your pointing that out. Every pastor listening, every church leader listening, has learned the danger of language right now on some of these race issues. Mm. There are certain words that are triggers, and you will just close down your hearers uh, immediately if you throw out some of these buzzwords. And I, I just think generally we'd be best sticking to biblical language. There, there, there's such a rich, uh, so, so many good options in the scriptures to rally our people behind and uh, and steer clear of some of the, the the pitfalls on either side. That's a great point. Couldn't agree with you more. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to General Assembly and it's a it's a privilege to be hosting. I have to say that the, the tons of work I described earlier that does not fall on the on the pastor of the church. That falls <laughs> on hundreds of volunteers and laborers, and um, I have the privilege of of just watching it happen. And uh, I look forward to this uh, every year. It really is a, a great community of people, and the, the agenda looks fantastic. If people that just look at it, it's just a great mix of learning. Big names: Ed, Ed Stetzer. Such a great strategist rooted in the scriptures, great uh, times of worship. And people new to the EPC often comment on how our community strikes that right balance of, of, of business and spiritual life and worship. And and I see that in the schedule that's been planned by our our, our GA leaders and, and by you, Dean. Um, this is going to be a, a, a great a great assembly. And you're coming to Michigan at a beautiful time of year. Yeah, tell us about that. Tell us about Pure Michigan. People in, in in Michigan say we have three seasons, June, July, August, and winter. And so <laughs> you'll be coming during a great, beautiful uh, season. It'll be comfortable. Some of you come from hot areas. It's, it's going to be a really beautiful time for commissioners who can stay and, and enjoy the Great Lakes or other areas. There's so much to do here. Or um, I hope some will stay and just check out the city of Detroit. The city of Detroit is fascinating. And uh, maybe people have been here at our when we've hosted previously, but let me tell you, the city of Detroit is coming back. There are great things going on, and I think our church and a lot of churches in our region are just glad to somehow be part of the comeback story of the city. And uh, it's, it's it's really exciting to see what's going on. And in our city, I think probably like a lot of urban centers, the the people that are really Leading the charge on a lot of areas of change are, are people of faith. It is Christians in the in the urban context. There is no separation of church and state. The leaders out front are uh, pretty bold that they're, they they got the, these ideas from from Jesus Christ. Very exciting time. Well, I know our general assembly staff is contemplating looking at coming in a little early so we could catch a Tigers game before the GA. That's that's on the table for us <laughs> yeah. to consider. Yeah, a lot of things, a lot of things to do here, and I know, and I, I think I'm like most commissioners too, feeling I, I need it a little more this year, as we talked yeah. about earlier. There's something about being with other church leaders uh, who understand the joy and the burden of the call, and the way we can co-commiserate and even joke a little together and uh, share our battle stories, but also share how God's at work in the midst of it all. This is a good time to have have the Holy Spirit breathe some fresh confidence in us, and uh, I'm ready. And re and recharge, right? Let's recharge. Well, thanks, Scott. Thank you, and I'll probably say it a thousand times between when this 
podcast drops and when we conclude our general assembly for your excellent staff and volunteers and the whole team uh, that is the family at Ward Church, which is really our our mother church for the entire EPC to be able to come back to where it began and to have that time to recharge together is a huge gift. So thank you for all that you and your team are doing. Well, we were privileged to host the first General Assembly of the EPC in 1981 and still still glad to be a part of it. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks, brother. And uh, friends, this concludes our our uh, special GA podcast edition. We hope that you'll, uh, if you're not going to be a commissioner at GA this year, we hope that you'll tune in to the live stream. Just go to epc.org and you can download and see the schedule for the General Assembly and the things that are available on live stream, such as the worship services, so that you can be a part of that uh, wherever you are. And uh, so we want to close this time, as we do every time, with the good word from God's word, as we conclude from Colossians 1. Uh, verses 15 through 18. My friends, the Son is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn over all creation. For in him, all things were created. Things in heaven, things on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones, powers, rulers, or authorities, all things have been created uh, through him and for him. He is before all things, And in him, my friends, all things, all things hold together. For he is the head of the body, the church. That is our Lord Jesus Christ. And we will be lifting him up and celebrating him at our 42nd General Assembly, praying the Holy Spirit comes and recharges us so that we can continue on the mission of carrying out the great commission of our Lord Jesus. And it's in his name that I bid until the next time, grace and peace to you. Thank you again for joining us. On behalf of Dean and the entire team, we hope you will join us for our next episode of In All Things. For more information about the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, including a directory of local churches, online resources, and much more, visit our website at www.epc.org. I'm Rachel Joseph. I pray you have an overwhelming sense of God's presence in all things today.